Amen. Well, good morning. We're so glad to have you at Arise Baptist Church today, and we're very thankful for a good week this week. Thank you to all that worked this week. We had some folks come and help get the trim finished, painted up in the nursery, and got a few more things coming there. And uh, of course, we got our new concrete patio poured this week out front, and the roofer's coming this next week to help connect those awnings, so that'll be very nice. A little extra shade out there. We're thankful for that. And so that was wonderful just on a building front, but I'm thankful also for the opportunities this week that were had to share the gospel with people. And many people reported to me about wonderful visits with the folks that they're discipling and people that they're studying God's word with and just wonderful things. I'm so thankful for the body of Christ working together to build each other up and encourage one another in their faith and helping them grow. That's what it's all about because the church is not just one person. The church is definitely not one building. The church is a group of people coming together to serve God and to follow him and to worship him and to encourage one another in their faith. I want us to go to the Lord in prayer this morning and thank the Lord for a wonderful week of camp that the teens had. In a few minutes, you'll see a video update from that. And then ask the Lord to bless as our juniors go tomorrow to camp. We're taking over 20 tomorrow, and we're excited about that. Thankful that the Lord moved the weather out of the way for us to go to camp. But we also want to remember in prayer those that were affected by that big storm this weekend and uh, be praying that God will provide for them and take care of them. And I'm already in contact with some folks that if there's some opportunities for our church to be involved in helping, we're going to try to be a part of that as well. So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning, and let's thank Him. Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for this opportunity to come together and to worship You, to sing Your praises. We just sang the song, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. Lord, as we think about it this morning, we can't see You with our eyes But Lord, we know that you are present with us. You've said where two or three are gathered in your name, that you are there in their midst. And Lord, we thank you that you are here with us this morning. And Lord, you go with us as we go out from this place to serve you in this community. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our church, for those who are working to help better the physical property here, but those who are involved, as many are, in encouraging others, sharing the gospel discipling those who have trusted in you as their Savior, for those who are a blessing to so many people and meeting their needs. Lord, we love you and we thank you for allowing us to be a part of a church that loves you and loves others. And Lord, we pray that you would be with our young people as they go off to camp tomorrow and bless them and their week. We thank you for how you worked in the hearts of the teenagers this past week at camp. And Lord, we pray for those in New Orleans and other places that were affected by this storm uh, yesterday and some I know still today as the rain keeps falling. I pray that you'd bless them, encourage them, and protect them. I pray that we would be a, a blessing to other people in need and that we would continue to serve you as you have so richly served us and blessed us in sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sin. Lord, thank you for taking care of our needs. We love you. We pray that you'd bless this service this morning. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. All right. Well, we have something very special this morning. And a good friend of mine, uh, David Cripps, is here and his wife and their children. I'm going to let him introduce his family to you in just a few minutes. We've been talking about this for a long time. And uh, uh, David and I have been praying together about this for a while. Uh, He and his wife had my wife and I over to their house I feel like it's been a long time ago now, but I can't even remember how, maybe earlier this spring or winter time. 
And uh, we're very excited about the opportunity for our new church to get to help another new church get started. And uh, he was telling me just yesterday they were down in the neighborhood where they're going to be starting the church, getting to make some visits in preparation for their first Bible study that they're going to have down there on Tuesday, the 23rd of July. And our church is going to have an opportunity to help them in reaching out into that community next Saturday morning. We are meeting here at 9.30 in the morning, and we're going to go down there along with a couple of other churches that have volunteered to help us do this, and we're going to go down. Our goal is to hand out 5,000 invitations, I think, in that community, and you know 5,000 is a lot, but, it, but many hands make light work, okay? My mother always said that. Uh, she's not, oh, there she is over there. So it's very true, even whether you're cleaning a house. And that's what she would tell all four of us kids as we're having the clean house. Now, many hands make light work, but this hand doesn't feel like working. So I know how that works. But uh, hopefully you can come be a part of that. If you can't come, and I know some people can't come for various things, please pray that this would be a wonderful outreach because you can be a part of that as well. And that is definitely part of the work that needs to be done is the prayer work. And so be faithful in that. But if you can come next Saturday morning, 930, we'll meet here. We're going to go down. The goal is to be down there by 10 o'clock as we're organized. We'll have maps. We'll have, if you've never done this before, you'll have a partner, somebody who has. So don't worry if you don't have experience, we'll put you with somebody who does. And um, if you get too hot, we'll get you into an air-conditioned vehicle. We'll make sure you're taken care of. Uh, You can bring a water bottle if you like. I'm sure we'll have some water and things like that as well. And then after we're done, we'll meet back here and uh, we're going to have a lunch for everybody that is able to attend that. So uh, if you come really late, you'll just make it for the lunch there. I'm making it really easy for you. Yeah, I was here the whole time. And boy, this lunch is good. No, don't do that. But uh, you can be a part of the lunch and, and that'll be a great thing. And so we're looking forward to that. Uh, Before David comes, though, we're going to go ahead and dismiss our boys and girls out to Junior Church, and uh, they're headed out with Mr. Billy and Miss Lisa, and so, all right, there they go, there they go, there they go, and uh, they'll have a wonderful time in there. David, why don't you come? Thank you for being here today, and we're looking forward to what God has laid on your heart to share with us. Come on. Well, good morning. It is such an honor to be here. And uh, my name is David Cripps, and I'm here with my wife, Adriana. Our girls are over in the nursery, and we are uh, planning a church in Houston. So we're looking forward to starting a church in the inner loop. And, uh, and of course, being here for us, um, it feels, a couple things, it feels like family just being here. So uh, Pastor Will has been a great friend to us. And uh, just in this journey of God calling us to plant a church, no one has encouraged me more than your pastor has. Uh, and we're so thankful for that, and we're thankful to be here. Uh, and it's, it's just amazing seeing uh, what God can do through faith uh, and seeing what God is doing through church planting. And we're looking forward to uh, reproducing what God's doing here, uh, about 15 minutes south of here. And we're looking forward to starting. We're, gonna be, we're planning, Lord willing, uh, to plant right where I-10 and 45 meet uh, over in the Northside community, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, we've served for the past five years over in Baytown. Uh, so that's where we're being sent out of is Victory Baptist Church in Baytown. And uh, uh, when we moved here five years ago, I never would have thought that we'd be planning a church in Houston. Uh, but being here, you know, I could tell you about the numbers and, and you know the need for gospel preaching, Bible preaching churches right here. You know that. 
the reason why we're here today is because a church was started right here. Well, if you would take your Bibles with me and turn to Mark chapter number 1. Mark chapter number 1. And if, if you would be in prayer with us, uh, our, our greatest desire is to see people trust Jesus as their Savior. Uh, and we're super excited. Kayla is going to be serving uh, at that Bible study on next Tuesday. She's going to be a part of that, and we're, uh, we're looking forward to it. We're going to be talking about this. What is the big idea of the Bible? Uh, and we know that, that the Bible uh, points to Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Jesus and his, his love for us and his sacrifice on the cross. And uh, we're looking forward to, to sharing that uh, on next Tuesday. So if you would be in prayer for us. Uh, Mark chapter number 1 uh, this morning. And we're going to go ahead and look at verse number 40. Mark chapter 1 and verse number 40. Uh, the Bible says, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away. Saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man. But go thy way, show thyself to the priests, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in the desert place, and they came to him from every quarter. This morning we're going to be talking about the difference that Jesus makes. The difference that Jesus makes. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you for your goodness to us, and Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to be here, uh, to worship you together, uh, and Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that we have now to study your word together. Lord, I pray that you'd be with me as I preach your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd fill me, that you'd use me. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to say only uh, what you want me to say. I pray that I would say nothing else. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with, uh, be with the church this morning as, uh, as, we, as we hear your word. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be res, res, uh, receptive to it. I pray that you'd help us to respond. Uh, and Lord, I pray that you'd help us uh, to, uh, to become more like you because of what uh, we learned today and how you work in our hearts today. And Father, I pray that if there's anyone here who does not know Jesus as their Savior... Lord, I pray that you'd help them to, to understand and realize and accept the difference that Jesus makes. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the late 1870s, uh, Thomas Alva Edison set out on, on uh, making the incandescent light bulb. He started working on uh, making electric light that would be available to everyone. Uh, whenever he started, for, for several decades, people had been working on making this electric light since the early 1800s. People would try uh, all sorts of different uh, bulb shapes. People would try to fill it with different things. And uh, people would sp spend uh, a lot of time and spend uh, a lot of their lives investing in trying to make electric light. Uh, whenever Edison started in the 1870s working on it, he tried with different bulb shapes and he started with different filaments and uh, he tried and he failed and he tried and he failed and uh, he failed over and over and over again. I, uh, he's noted for, quote, for this quote saying, I haven't failed 10,000 times. I found 10,000 things that don't work. He was persistent about uh, finding a way to get uh, electric light and trying to find something that would fill that light bulb that would give 
light. And finally, uh, in the late 1870s, he finally uh, figured it out. He got a bamboo uh, filament that worked, and this one filament worked for his purposes. You know, today all over Houston and around the world, people are trying to fill their lives uh, with lots of things. People try to fill their lives and find fulfillment uh, in work. Uh, people try to find it in, uh, in making money. People try to find it in relationships or hobbies or, or a good time. People try to fill their lives with lots of things, but there's something missing, and there's only one answer, and that answer is Jesus Christ. Uh, this past week, I was sitting down with a man. I, uh, I've been praying for him for five years, and uh, on this past week, I sat down with Julio, and he said, uh, there is something that is missing in my life, and I know that you have it, and I know that pastor has it, and I want it. Uh, there's something missing uh, in a lot of people's lives, and they try to fill it in a lot of ways, uh, but there is only one answer, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter number one, there is a man uh, who is looking for something. He is looking for healing, and he's going to find it in Jesus. Uh, so let's go ahead and study God's word together this morning. Mark chapter number one, we're going to see the difference that Jesus makes. Here's why Jesus makes the difference. First of all, I noticed this morning from this passage is Jesus is a friend to sinners. Jesus is a friend to sinners. Let's look in verse number 40. He says, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. I love this here because we see here is a person, here is a man, and he's uh, defined by, uh, by this sickness that he has. He's a leper. That is uh, known as modern-day Hansen's disease. And this leper, uh, his life is defined by what is wrong with him. Uh, he has this disease, this, uh, this flesh-eating disease that would eat at his hands, that would eat at uh, his nose and his ears. And uh, people with leprosy, a lot of times they may lose uh, some of those appendages. They may lose that nose. They, they are in trouble. And uh, in those days, if someone had leprosy, it was uh, viewed to be contagious and nobody wanted anything to do with a leper. Uh, lepers would have to live outside of town. They couldn't have the same relationship with they that they had with their families before. Lepers, uh, they had to live in their own leper colonies. And uh, these lepers, they, they, they lost everything when they had leprosy. But what was so bad about having leprosy is not just what happens on the outside, although it is grotesque and what happens on the outside uh, is something that is difficult. But more than that, it's what goes on in the inside. You see, leprosy attacks uh, the, the systems of the body. It destroys you. It kills you on the inside. Can I tell you something this morning? That uh, a lot of people are wrecked by sin. Uh, and for some people, you can see that on the outside. You can tell some, uh, some marks of sin. You can see that, hey, maybe this person has lived a rough life. Maybe this person has, uh, has, has they just, uh, they haven't lived well. You can see that sometimes. Someone who uh, looks a lot older than they are for, uh, for different choices that they've made. And, uh, and there's, there's some of that on the outside, but that's not what's so damaging. It's not so damaging what happened on the outside. Uh, what's wrong is what's going on on the inside. For a leper, it wasn't so much the outside. I mean, nobody wants to lose fingers and toes, right? Uh, but if it's killing you on the inside, that's what matters. And for every single person, we are all wrecked by sin. And uh, for some people, you can tell that on the outside. For some people, that you can't. But for all of us, it does damage on the inside. Uh, the Bible says uh, that the wages of sin is death. And uh, all, of us are, uh, all of us are sinners. All of us have that that's, that's eating at us on the inside. Uh, we are all sinners. We are all broken people. It doesn't matter if this is your first time at church today uh, or if you're the pastor of this church. We are, uh, we're all sinners. Uh, whenever I was growing up, 
excuse me. Uh, whenever I was growing up, uh, I uh, don't judge me for this, but whenever I was uh, seven, eight, nine years old, I would uh, I would get together and I'd play with my cousins, and uh, we'd play with my cousin Katie. Katie's a couple years older than me. And uh, we would play uh, house, men don't judge me. We'd play house, uh, or we would play, we'd play school, or we'd play these different games. They were horrible, but uh, whenever, whenever the older cousin that's just kind of the boss of the group says we're going to play this game, you just do what, you just do what she says. Uh, she was scary if you didn't do what she says. Uh, so, but we'd play, and we'd, we'd play uh, house, or we'd play uh, school, and uh, it didn't matter what game we were playing. We all had similar roles. I always had the same role. Uh, if we were playing house, uh, my cousin, she would be, she would be the mom. Uh, and then uh, my, my brother, uh, he would be the dad. And then they would pick on I would always be the character named Jimmy. Uh, now, uh, if we were playing school, Katie would be the teacher. And uh, my brother Jason, he would be like the straight eight, like that perfect student. He would be the teacher's pet. And I would be Jimmy. Now, uh, now Jimmy, uh, in, in our game, it always turned out the same way. Jimmy was always the person that uh, he was either, like if we were in school, I was always the student that messed everything up. Uh, you know, what is two plus two? Uh, and I would say four, and they'd be like, put your hand up. You, you know, you answered out of turn, even if uh, it didn't matter what I did. Or uh, I would always be the one that was always in trouble. I would be, I would be the troublesome student. Uh, whenever I, we'd play house, I was Jimmy, and I would always be the one that was just like uh, missing a couple too many fries out of the Happy Meal. Like, uh, they would just always treat me like I was, I was mentally deficient. And uh, I would say something, and they'd be like, oh, it's okay, poor little Jimmy. Uh, and I would always be the one getting in trouble. I would always be the one uh, that was that could never do anything right. And, uh, I would get so mad. I'd get so aggravated. I'd be like, I'm not Jimmy. Uh, and they, they would have me almost to the point of tears. They, uh, that's just, that's who they always had me as. They always had me as this character uh, in their games where I just could never quite measure up. Can I tell you something this morning that every single one of us, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Whenever we compare uh, who we are with who God is, every single person, we all fall short. We are all uh, deficient compared to the holiness and to the greatness of God. We are all born sinners. The Bible says, uh, behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. We're all sinners. And I notice here in this passage that this leper, uh, he's a person who is despised. He's a person who is unloved. He's a person who's rejected. And that is his condition. And all of us can identify. I can identify with the leper in this passage because I'm a sinner. You are a sinner. But I also notice that Jesus is a friend to sinners. So not only do we see the condition of this leper, but I also notice the drawing of sinners. You see here it says in verse number 40, it says, there came a leper to him beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Here on one hand, we have a leper who, uh, who is despised, a person who's unwanted, a person who's unloved. And then on the other hand, we have Jesus, the, the creator of the universe, the Bible tells us, the one who walks on the water, the one who fed uh, the thousands, the one who healed the blind, who uh, healed the lame. Uh, he, so on one hand, we have uh, the leper, and on the other hand, we have Jesus. Now, if I put myself in, uh, in, this, in this passage, if I put myself into this event, I'm, I, I identify with the leper. And if it's me, and if I'm there at that time, I'm thinking, man, like, look, look at me. I'm like, I'm the lowest of the low. I'm the worst of the worst. And then on the other hand, there's Jesus. 
Uh, everyone wants to be around Jesus. Everyone wants to talk to Jesus. Everyone wants to hear from Jesus. Uh, everyone wants to be touched by Jesus. But here I am. I'm a leper. And if, I, if I'm putting myself in it, I would be, I would be one of those people that would be extremely nervous uh, to go to Jesus. I'd be like, you know what? I, I just don't think that I'm worthy. I don't think that I, I, don't think that I, can, that I can go to Jesus. I remember uh, a couple years ago, I went to uh, a Dallas Cowboys football game, and my uncle, he got, us, he got us tickets where we got to sit 12 rows from the field. Uh, we got to sit in the section of the stadium where, uh, where, the, where the attendants, they were all in suits, and they knew everybody that came in. They're like, hello, Mr. Jones. Hello, Mr. Smith. And I'm like, whoa, we, he got us great seats. And uh, we went on to the lobby before the game. Uh, we went to the concession stands, and uh, we're standing in line. And all of a sudden, and I, I understand we're in Houston, but uh, I'm sorry, I'm a Cowboys fan. And then all of a sudden, walks by Bob Lilly. Now, if you, may, if you don't know who he is, that's okay. But let me just tell you, Bob Lilly was a football player, I believe, in the 70s, well before I was born. But Bob Lilly was one of the greats. Uh, Bob Lilly, he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, and there is Bob Lilly walking by. And, and I, I, I tapped Adrian and I said, look, look over there. There's Bob Lilly. I've, I've seen him on TV before. Uh, and, and so I, I tap and I'm like, there he is. He's walking by. And uh, everyone just seems like, hey, you know, there, there's Bob. And uh, here we are. And we're like, there's Bob Lilly. And you know what I did? I watched him walk by. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't go over. I, I'm not going to go. Uh, I can't go bother Bob Lilly. And, and if I'm here in this leper's shoes, I'm thinking, hey, you know, there's Jesus, and, and Jesus is great, and Jesus does some amazing things, and uh, Jesus made people's lives better, but, but I can't go over there to him. Yeah, what we see in the passage, I put myself there, and I think I would be unworthy in that situation, but this leper uh, says, hey, I'm going to go to Jesus. I, I, I'm going to cast myself before Jesus. I'm going to kneel at the feet of Jesus, and it's because Jesus uh, draws sinners. The Bible says that Jesus was a friend of sinners. Jesus, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And here we see this, this leper, we see this person who would be considered unworthy, yet Jesus, with everything that he did, with everything that he said, uh, he said to every single person, hey, I love you. And this leper, who's so much lower than Jesus, falls at Jesus' feet. And friend, can I tell you something today that we're, we're all unworthy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your background, in, background is. Uh, it doesn't matter how long you've been attending church. Uh, every single one of us are unworthy compared to Jesus. But Jesus says, hey, I love you. Uh, I love you. And we see that Jesus, there's just something about him with the words that he said, with, with the things that he did. He drew people to himself. So we notice Jesus is a friend to sinners, but we also notice here in this passage that Jesus has the power to save. Jesus has the power to save. In verse 41, it says, And Jesus was moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And, and we notice here that Jesus has the power to save, and we see in this passage that Jesus is the only one who can save. Jesus is the only one who can heal this leper. And these days, there was no healing if you were a leper. There was, there was nothing you could do if you were a leper. Uh, but here, Jesus has the power to save. We see this in verse number 40 when the leper falls before Jesus and he says, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Now, here from the reading, uh, and by, here in this writing, we see uh, there is the word, you see it in the Bible, uh, thou and you. Okay, and so uh, let me just explain for you the difference really quick. You see the word thou? 
uh, and that would be singular. You is plural. So if I could say it this way, uh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to get, for some of us, I know it's been a little while since school, but I'm going to give you a quick rundown of grammar. Okay, there's first person, there's second person, and there's third person. So first person singular, first person plural. Here would be an example. Uh, I is first person singular. We is first person plural. Third person singular would be he, she. Uh, third person plural would be they. Well, in, in modern day English, second person singular is you. Second person plural is you. Uh, but here in the Bible, we see that he says thou, and that would be uh, second person singular. Here's what this leper is saying. Hey, listen, Jesus. Uh, Jesus is in the midst of a group, and he says, Jesus, you can save me. Only you can save me. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And here's what this leper realized, that Jesus, you can save me, but you are the only one who can save me. And can I tell you something today, that if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, Jesus is the only one uh, who can forgive us of sin. Jesus is the only one. Uh, that the, Jesus is the only way for us to have a relationship with God. Jesus is the only way. And here he says, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. But we notice that Jesus has the power to save, but Jesus also desires to save. You know, it's one thing to be able to do something, but not want to do something. Uh, for example, I could get up if I wanted to at two o'clock in the morning, every morning. Uh, I could, I could do that. Do I want to do that? No way. I don't want to do that. I'll, I want to sleep in. Uh, I, have, I have the ability. Right now, I'm trying to work out. I'm trying uh, to lose a little bit of weight. Uh, if I, want, I could get up really early in the morning and go work out. Do I always do that? No, I do not always do that, obviously. Jesus has the power to save, but Jesus desires to save. Here it says here in this verse that Jesus was moved with compassion in verse number 41. It says Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will. He's saying, hey, I, yes, I want to save you. I want to forgive you. Uh, I want a relationship with you. And we see that Jesus desires to save and then we see that Jesus does save. It says that he puts forth his hand and that's an amazing thing to me. Because nobody would want to touch a leper unless you contract the disease. But Jesus reaches out and Jesus touches this leper. He says, hey, I do want to save you. I do, I do want to heal you. And he touches him and he says, I will, I want to be thou clean. Isn't that an amazing thing? That Jesus would heal, that Jesus would save, that Jesus would want to forgive our sins when we have sinned against a holy and a righteous and a perfect God. And what Jesus wants to save, and then he does save. And it says immediately when Jesus touched him, he said, I will be thou clean. And it says immediately he was cleansed. I have, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and they're over uh, in the nursery this morning. And my three-year-old, she loves uh, pretty much all things. If there's a princess in it, she loves it. Uh, she just, she just does. She loves it. So, so for me, like I'm praying like, Lord, next time we have a, a kid, give us a boy, please. I, I need a baller. Uh, so, but, but I have my little princess loving Julianne and, uh, Julianne, she loves, she loves her princess movies. She has, uh, she loves her little princess books. If there's a princess on it, she loves it. Uh, and one of the things that she, that she loves is she loves, uh, Beauty and the Beast. 
She was just interest, introduced to it, and she, like, that's just, that's her jam right now. And uh, she sits down, and she watches it, and I remember, she just, she had me sit down and watch it with her. And uh, so I sat down, and I watched it with her, and we're watching, and we're seeing, you know, there's, there's the big, there's the big ugly beast, and uh, then all of a sudden, you know, it's amazing, because they, they hate each other, and then all of a sudden, they just sing a song, and then boom, they're in love. And, uh, all, and then at the end, I'm going to give you the cliff's notes, at the end, uh, the beast sacrifices himself for the princess, for, for beauty, for Belle, whatever her name is. Uh, he sacrifices himself for her, and then she realizes, I love this beast. <laughs> and then uh, she, she, she leans down and she's like, I love you, which is like the whole point of the movie is like he's trying, I don't know what the whole point of the movie is. I sat down and watched with her. Uh, so, but then all of a sudden, I don't, I don't know why, but I guess for dramatic effect, all of a sudden, uh, she, she's there and she's crying. And all of a sudden, it's, of course, it's raining, right? Uh, the skies are gray because the beast has just sacrificed himself. And then it's raining. And all of a sudden, the, the rain turns pink. Why? I don't know. But it just does. And, and, it start, and pink rain starts coming down. And uh, all of a sudden, she looks up and uh, she's surrounded in, in pink rain. And uh, she, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm lost, but uh, it just starts falling. And then all of a sudden, the beast, like, it, like it just goes. And then his, his, his coat, I don't know if like, there was a tornado or something, but his coat just starts like, flying in the breeze. And all of a sudden, his hand goes up. And you get, a, you get a, like a really zoomed up picture of his claw. Uh, and all of a sudden, it just, uh, you know, it's like wind starts going around. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's a hand. And then it goes to his feet. Like, it's not cinematic. Uh, like, it's not good. If you're a videographer, don't, don't shoot people's feet. Feet are disgusting. Uh, so, but it, it does zoom up of his feet, and all of a sudden, here's his paw, and, uh, and all of a sudden, boom, it's a foot. And all of a sudden, there he is, and uh, the music is getting more intense, and it's like, ah! And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, boom, he's a person. And I'm looking, and I'm like, this dude is ugly. Give beauty back the beast. And it's this big, uh, this big transformation, this, this big dramatic thing. And uh, all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, here it comes. But that's not the way it happened here. Jesus does something amazing. Jesus takes a person who has the most deadly and the most feared disease uh, at this time. And Jesus just touches him and he says, I will be thou clean. And there, there's not a big dramatic whoosh. It's just like immediately he is cleansed. Can I tell you something? Whenever a person trusts Jesus as their savior, maybe not a whole lot changes on the outside, but a whole lot changes on the inside. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away and all things are become new. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number four that you were darkness, but now you are light. God's transformed us from dead to alive from old to new that's the transformation that jesus makes and jesus saves and friend i'd like to tell you this this morning that if you do not know jesus as your personal savior if you do not have a relationship with the lord jesus christ there's never been a time where you said jesus i know that i'm a sinner and i know that you have the power to save and i'm asking you to forgive my sin and to save me you can do that today and jesus will save you because that's what jesus does we see Jesus uh, desires to save, Jesus can save, and Jesus does save. And then finally, I notice here in this passage that Jesus changes lives. Jesus changes lives. It says, and as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. Then it says, and he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away, and said, un saith unto him, see thou say nothing to any man. 
But go thy way, show thyself to the priests, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places. <coughs> and they came to him from every quarter. And we see here that Jesus changes lives. And this change is, is undeniable. This person goes from a leper where you could see it all over his body and immediately he is cleansed. This change was undeniable. It was undeniable. And friend, can I tell you something? That there was something in me whenever I trusted Jesus as my Savior, that Jesus changed me forever. And I have never been the same. And I know many of you have that same testimony. Hey, uh, I was lost, but then Jesus found me. That's why we sing the song, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. The change was undeniable, but it was also uncontainable. So Jesus tells this leper, hey, go to the priest to declare uh, your cleansing. That's what they were supposed to do in those days. They were supposed to be, go to the priest to be declared clean. And I'm thankful that, so I'm thankful that today uh, that we go before our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he declares us righteous by faith whenever we put our faith and our trust in him. We were sinners, but Jesus declares us righteous before him. And, and this man, so Jesus says, hey, go, go directly to the priest. And what does the leper do? He starts going around to everybody and he says, hey, guess what? Jesus, Jesus changed me. Hey, I was a leper and Jesus healed me. Uh, I was lost and Jesus found me. Uh, I, was, I was cast out. I was a castaway. But Jesus brought me back and Jesus changed my life. And it was uncontainable. And friend, can I tell you this morning that if Jesus has made a change in your life, you need to share it with somebody. Share it with somebody the difference that Jesus has made in your life. If Jesus has changed your life, listen, people can argue. And I, some people, sometimes, whenever it comes to sharing our faith, whenever it comes to reaching out, whenever it comes to inviting people to church, sometimes it's like, well, what if they ask me a question that I don't have the answer to? Right? Have you ever had that fear? Like if I try to share my faith and they ask me a question and I don't have the answer, what am I going to say? Guess what? Uh, I, I have those all the time. But listen, people can try to argue about different things. But if Jesus has made a difference in you, people can't argue that. The, the man that I sat down with this past week, he said, I've seen the difference in my kids' lives. I, I've, I've seen the difference in my wife's life. And I, I want that too. And Frank, can I tell you something? That if, if Jesus has changed your life, share that with somebody. Be, be like Jesus. Be a friend to sinners. Point them to the one who can save. And watch Jesus change lives. Thomas Edison, he worked at it. He, he finally got the light bulb. He figured it out after thousands and thousands of tries. And then after that, Edison started his own uh, light company. He made, he made the light bulb cheap. He made it affordable. He made it to where the whole world could have it. And he started his business selling those light bulbs. Now, could you imagine with me what would have happened if, if Edison would have been like, hey, you know what? This is awesome. Uh, I made this light bulb. Let me put it in my house. And then he just sat back and like red late into the night. And that was it. He was like, hey, I'm just going to keep this light to myself. Uh, it would be kind of difficult to have church in here this morning, right? We, we, don't, we wouldn't have light. 
But because a person discovered the light and he shared it with everybody, we have light this morning. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. He was the life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Jesus is the light, and it is our job as, job as people who have been changed by the light of the Lord Jesus Christ to get that light to the world. So we need to get it all over Garden Oaks, Oak Forest. We need to get it all over the Heights. We need to get it all over Northside. We need to get it all over Houston and Texas and the states and the world because Jesus has changed my life and he's changed your life. Now let's get it to everybody. But if I could ask you this, and we're going to close. If you do not know Jesus as your Savior, you say, I don't know the difference that Jesus makes. I've never accepted Christ. Here's an amazing thing. You came to the right place. You can do that today. You can accept Christ today. If everyone would please bow your head and close your eyes, just for everyone's personal privacy, today we would like to give you an opportunity to trust Jesus as your Savior. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor. Don't let another day go by without trusting Him. In just a moment, the piano's going to play. And uh, we're going to stand to our feet. And as the piano plays, I'd love for you to come. Everybody keep their heads bowed and eyes closed. And I'd love to be able to take the Bible or pair you up with somebody who take God's word, show you how you can know Jesus Christ as your Savior. But if you're here this morning and you know Jesus, we've been challenged this morning here at the end of the message about the importance of sharing that with somebody else. And again, another message that we've heard here and we know but we need to be challenged in that regularly because the truth is we live in a lost and dying world. While people in our country, we may not see lepers walking around. Uh, people are walking around and they're dead on the inside. They're dead in their trespasses and sin. They're separated from God. That death is, is keeping them or that sin is keeping them separated from God. And it's only through Jesus Christ that they can be saved. Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're able to stand, join us. And uh, if you'd like to come pray, the altar's open. I'm here to talk with you if I can. Father, help us now to follow you and obey your will. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.